well met, everyone. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a podcast by a nerd for other nerds that love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather, and I'll be your host as we journey into the wondrous land of information. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. So you may have noticed that it's come out a little bit early, and given the title of this episode, I'm pretty sure you're all going to understand why. This week, I decided to talk about some of the history of the famous Christmas poem that I think most people, even if you haven't really ever celebrated Christmas, have probably at least heard a couple of times, or bits and pieces. And that's the poem... The Night Before Christmas, as it's most commonly known. Technically, its official name when it was first published was A Visit from St. Nicholas, especially since it was printed originally anonymously back in 1823. And at the time, it was very common for him to still be called St. Nicholas as opposed to Santa Claus all the time. When I first started doing my research, I was planning on basically just giving a really brief history of who wrote the poem? When was it published? Da 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 da. Here's me reading the poem. But I found out something interesting while I was doing my research, which is that the author of the poem is actually something which is sort of a controversy. Obviously, it's not a huge major one. Most people have no idea. Most people probably don't even have any idea who might have written it. They just know that it's old and it's been around forever. The poem was originally called, like I said, A Visit from St. Nicholas and it was first published anonymously in 1823. It wasn't until later in 1837 that someone claimed authorship. And I say claimed because technically there's no definitive, definitive proof other than him saying I wrote it. His name was Clement Clark Moore, and he was known for writing poetry and everything, but the other person who potentially could have written it and some people believe that he actually did, is named Henry Livingston Jr. And Henry Livingston Jr.'s wife was a relative of Clement Clark Moore's. So part one of the many arguments is that Clement Clark Moore found out that his relative's husband wrote the poem and decided to claim authorship before he could. And, you know, there's a lot of back and forth and there's a lot of cross documentation with some people saying, well, XYZ proves that Moore wrote it and other people saying, no, 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 ABC proves that Livingston Jr. wrote it. So there's a lot of back and forth. And because it was so long ago and, you know, there's not as much analysis and there's not, wasn't a handwriting analysis and stuff back then. And some of the original documents have been lost over time. So it's really, really hard to say definitively, but I thought it was interesting that something so wholesome and Christmassy and just sort of pervasive in our culture for Christmas time as this poem actually had such a big controversy behind it in terms of who even wrote it. So like I said, most people have heard this poem, or even if you don't know the whole poem, if someone starts saying, "'Twas the night before Christmas and all through the house," you instantly know what they're about to continue reading. You know what they're talking about, you know what the poem is, or at least you know bits and pieces. Even people who don't celebrate Christmas have probably heard this poem because it's in so many different Christmas movies and bits of it are in different Christmas songs. And actually, even if you have never celebrated Christmas, even if that is not the holiday that you choose to celebrate during this Yuletide season, 
your information about Christmas is still influenced by this poem. This poem, again, published in 1823, is the first time that we really see imagery of Santa Claus the way we know him. A couple weeks ago, I talked about the history of the Krampus, and one of the things I mentioned was that originally it was more St. Nicholas, more holy, less of the jolly old man who's got a bowl full of jelly. Well, this poem, The Night Before Christmas or A Visit from St. Nicholas, depending on which name you want to go with, this poem is what originated some of the imagery that we now so iconically picture when we think of Santa Claus. The big red cheeks, the cheery smile, the big white beard, and the bowl full of jelly laugh and the ho ho ho. Like all of those, those really evocative images that you think of when you think of Santa, a lot of those originated from this poem. Before then, he was often pictured as an older white man with a big white beard and walking around with robes and some sort of sack for gifts. But it wasn't until this particular poem that a bunch of different aspects from different stories and different myths had been put together to create this imagery of a jolly old man who's just smiling and laughing the whole time. So whether you know it or not, this poem has played a huge part and a huge influence in Christmas and the way that you and I celebrate it. Like all those Christmas Santa cookies where, you know, where everyone puts the big red cheeks and the big smiles, the with the hat that's got the red and the floppy little ball at the end, like all of that stuff, that imagery came from this poem and, you know, sort of evolved from there. So it's got a big history with Christmas beyond the fact that it's, of course, about the night before Christmas. So that is why this particular episode is coming out a day early. I wanted to actually make sure that the poem got to be read and that this particular episode came out on Christmas Eve, because obviously that makes the most sense since it's supposed to be for Christmas and Christmas Eve. But as I was saying, there's the controversy with the two authors. So Clement Clark Moore claimed that he composed it on a snowy day while he was on a shopping trip and that his inspiration was St. Nicholas who, um, you know, he had a local Dutch handyman in the area that he worked with and that jolly old man plus the historical St. Nicholas combined together and he just had these images and created the poem. However, like I said, it was first published anonymously in the Troy, New York Sentinel on December 23rd of 1823. And supposedly it was sent there by a friend of Moore. And then after that, it was frequently printed and didn't have a name attached to it and wasn't attributed to Moore until 1837. Moore acknowledged that he wrote it and also included it in a book of poems he wrote, which was published in 1844. But like I said, there is the controversy of people arguing that it wasn't actually his poem that was published and that it belonged to someone else. There is evidence in favor of both authors, which is not surprising because if there wasn't, there wouldn't really be a controversy. 
some of the evidence in favor of Clement Clark Moore includes certain things such as the way that the editor described the writer of the poem. So the editor for the Troy Sentinel didn't give the name of the author, but did mention certain factors about the author, such as being a native and current resident of New York, and also the author was described as a gentleman of more merit as a scholar and a writer than many of more noisy pretensions. So there's hints in there that it could maybe have been referring to more. They spelled more the correct way. Obviously in that little clip, it was M-O-R-E, but more is M-O-O-R-E. So, you know, it's a play on words. Was that a hint from the author or from the author and from the editor? That sort of thing. And most of the other evidence, a, a lot of it, has to do with the fact that it was published under his name. However, just the fact that it was published under his name, obviously, you and I know, does not automatically mean he wrote it. But most people still think he did. Partly also because he was the first one to claim that he wrote it. Because obviously the question is, if he didn't write it and someone else did, then how come no one stepped forward to claim they had written it? That's always a big question. So some of the evidence in favor of Livingston, at least in my opinion, stands up a little more, but I'm not a poetry expert and I'm not a forensic investigator looking into this stuff. One of the things is that the type of meter, so basically the rhythm of the poem, is very similar to the poetry that Livingston wrote. He primarily used what's called anapestic, anapestic, I'm not saying this right, anapestic metric. And that's the same one that's used in the poem, The Night Before Christmas. So that's one thing in his favor. Another is that there have been claims that the phraseology, so basically the way the words are all put together, the certain types of phrasing that is used is very similar to some of other Livingston's, some, I can't talk today, some of Livingston's other poems. And, you know, again, I am not a forensic investigator of any kind. However, the fact that he traditionally used this and that the phrases are similar according to other experts does make it a little suspect in my personal opinion. Another thing was that the poem was more positive than a lot of Moore's poetry tended to be. Things that he had published under his own name, Moore, I mean, had published under his own name, tended to be less positive and more satirical and things like that as opposed to really, you know, happy poetry. One thing also which I think is very interesting, and I hadn't mentioned it yet, but it's the fact that Livingston's mother was Dutch. So in the original poem, when it was first first published, instead of it being Donner and Blixen, or Donner and Blitzen for the two reindeer, it was Dunder and Blixem which are much more Dutch names in origin. Livingston's mother was Dutch, which would also account for references to certain Sinterklaas. I'm not sure I'm saying that 100% right, because I don't speak Dutch. But basically traditions that were more of a Dutch Sinterklaas tradition as opposed to more British or European, in other, well, other European and again, Dunder and Blixem, which is B-L-I-X-E-M instead of Blitzen or Blixen or anything like that. So 
that's one thing that also suggests that it's a possibility. Now, you can learn those traditions. Moore could have learned some of those traditions from just being around the New York Dutch community. It's very possible. But that is another thing that some people argue makes it more likely that Livingston was the actual author. So no matter who you credit it to, it's a great poem. It evokes this happy memory and these thoughts of positive and, you know, a jolly man giving you gifts and, you know, you've been good all year and you've earned your reward and just lots of positive energy to this poem. It's a poem that most people know the first couple lines of at least, but not everyone knows the entire thing. I myself don't even, you know, have the whole thing memorized. I just know parts of it. But it is something that is a lot of fun to read. It's a very, you know, family-oriented type of situation. The father wakes up and his two children are still asleep and his wife is all in bed still. And he's noticing all of this noise happening. And then suddenly it's like, oh my god, Santa Claus is here. So it's a really fun story to the poem. And now I'm going to go into a quick, quick mid-roll. And then when I come back, I'm going to read... The Night Before Christmas, originally published as A Visit from St. Nicholas in 1823 by Anonymous. Okay, everyone, super quick mid-roll. So don't forget that World Ember is still going on. Go to World Anvil. You can check out their site. It's amazing, and it's a fantastic world-building tool. I cannot recommend it enough. I've done a bunch of stuff on there for our Countless Heroes Twitch stream, which some of you may have seen, I hope. <laughs> but um, I definitely recommend checking it out. WorldAnvil.com. It's great for authors. It's great for dungeon masters trying to build up their worlds. It's great if you're trying to do anything creative where you have to create a world and you want to have it really well fleshed out and be able to track how things connect. It's just a fantastic tool. And to sign up, at least initially, you can sign up for free. You can pay for a subscription, which gets you better options and more tools to use, but you don't have to. You can start off with the free subscription and see what you think. So that's worldanvil.com, and I definitely recommend you check them out. And with that, let's get back into this week's topic. Okay, everyone. So as promised, I'm going to end this episode a little differently than I usually do. I've already talked about the controversy and I've talked about a little bit of the history in terms of when it was published. Other than that, I think the majority of it speaks for itself. It's a poem that has influenced many a young child. It's a poem that's created you know, different ideas for movies and things like that. I mean, The Nightmare Before Christmas is one of my all-time favorite movies. And part of the inspiration for that, of course, comes from this poem, The Night Before Christmas. So without further ado, A Visit from St. Nicholas, originally published in 1823 on December 23rd in the Troy Sentinel in New York. Also known as The Night Before Christmas, and sometimes referred to as Twas the Night Before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads 
and Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes did appear, but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Dunder and Blixem. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose, and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. So, as you can see, there are some differences with the more original poem as opposed to some of the shorter newer versions that get published. If you're like me then growing up you probably heard a more shortened version of the same poem but nonetheless Twas the Night Before Christmas also known as The Night Before Christmas also known as A Visit from St. Nicholas has played a part in our Christmas history for over a hundred years. It's approaching 200 years even, since it's already 2018, almost 2019. So this poem has been around for a really long time, regardless of who wrote it, and it touches a place in many a children's imagination and creates this evocative image of St. Nicholas or Santa Claus bringing them toys and being a happy, jolly old elf. So with that, I'd like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas to any of my friends across the pond, and to anyone else out there who doesn't celebrate Christmas, I hope you have a very happy new year, and I hope that you have a wonderful holiday season, no matter what holiday it may be that you celebrate. And with that, happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. 
please remember to check out all the other wonderful shows and productions that we have at nerdsmith.org. You can submit questions or topic suggestions to me on Twitter at amethyst underscore magic with a CK. Or you can email me at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. I'll be back next week with a new and interesting topic. Until then, don't forget to geek thyself. So you already love D&D, obviously, but you want to sharpen your skills as a DM or player, right? Enter Dear DM, a Dungeons & Dragons advice podcast where I sit down with your favorite dungeon masters and answer D&D questions asked by you. Natural 20 is nudist. Um... <laughs> a plucked kanku. Uh, charisma. Dump sack charisma. Really? <laughs> Great questions in the community today. Some really fun bits to, to talk on and expand on. So Episodes release every other Tuesday and are available at nerdsmith.org or wherever you get your podcasts.